I'm Bridget Stomberg. And I'm Lisa Simone, And this is Taxes for the Masses. Today's episode is our 50th episode ever. In today's 50th episode, we will talk about the brief but glorious history of the pod. Glorious. Hello, Lisa. Hello, B. Uh, so today's a big day. It is. We turn 50 today. Um, do we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I think the podcast turns 50 today. We've we've got a few more years to go. Okay. That's excellent point. Thank you for uh speaking the truth. Yes. I mean we're not far, but No. <laughs> but there's some years, damn it, I'm going to cling to them. There are. But nonetheless. Happy 50th episode. Aw, happy 50th episode to you as well. Um, I think this makes it our golden episode. I think you are correct, which would make us golden girls. (laughs) Okay, why are you trying to age us so much? (laughs) I mean, it seemed like a pretty good lifestyle. I think I'm ready to retire and, you know, partake in all sorts of uh, middle-aged woman hijinks while eating cheesecake and lounging on the lanai. I like it that you think the Golden Girls were middle-aged. <laughs> this, this, this brings great yes. promise to our futures. Yes. yes. I'm going to live to 110. It's going to be great. Um, but you're right. They had a pretty nice lifestyle. It, I, I, I could see us living that way. Um, and we can work on achieving that goal of, you know, hijinks and cheesecake and Cheesecake. Cheesecake. Lots yes. of cheesecake. Lots of cheesecake. Uh, but in the future, let's, let's like, okay. that's still after we turn 50, right? That's a long-term goal. We're not house coat age yet. Not quite. Okay. Moving on. For today, let's just celebrate and recap our 50 glorious episodes of Taxes for the Masses. All right. So how do you want to do this? How do you want to do this? Um, how do you want to do this? <laughs> so clearly we're not very good at making decisions. Um, let's, let's just like, let's just talk. Let's just ask each other how it's gone. Okay. How we started and how it's going. Okay. I like that idea. So, um, I'll kick it off. I'll ask you the first question. Cause we actually get this question a lot. Yeah. I don't know what you're about to say, but sure. <laughs> the question we get a lot is what is wrong with you? No, yeah, true. Um, the question we get a lot that we're going to answer right now yes. is how, how did we get here? How did we, how did we get a podcast of all the people? Of all the nerdiest of tax nerds out there. Of all the gin joints? Yes. In, in all the world. In all the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how, how did this fortune befall us? So the way I remember it is I would get these requests for, from the media to like comment on Trump's tax returns or this bill or something. It was like, we need a quote in two hours. And by the way, I'm in the classroom in the next Mm -hmm. two hours. So it wasn't particularly easy to respond to things in a timely way. And by the time that opportunity passed, it was like hard to find the incentive, I guess, to dig in and Mm -hmm. really like try to learn about something. And so I wanted a way to stay on top of timely issues, both for my own education and also to be able to provide commentary on them. And so I suggested to you that we should write a blog Mm -hmm. and I was informed by you that they are now called podcasts. Yes, I remember this. And so the way I remember it, this is gonna be like an episode of The Affair. Did you ever- She said, she said. Did you ever watch The Affair? No. Okay, this is gonna be like an episode of The Affair with much less sex. Um, 
So the way I remember it, just to clarify, zero, zero sex. Okay. So the way I remember it, we had tried several ways to sort of keep a, like you said, a running tally of what was happening in the media when it came to taxes, sort of like what the hot topics were. And then also our thoughts on them. And we had tried, you know, a shared Dropbox folder. We had tried a Google drive and it was just hard to get our arms around this. Yeah. And so during the pandemic, you said, let's do a blog. And because it was the pandemic and we were all trying to entertain ourselves, I had started to listen to the 9021 OMG podcast. And the OC podcast. I think at the time it was just 9021 OMG, but eventually it was the OC as well. And so I thought if Tori Spelling and Jenny Garth can do it, then clearly you and I can do it. And so we started a podcast. And here we are. And here we are. 50 episodes later. So I, that's where the podcast started, but I think we got to go back in time. To the beginning of the romance. Yes. How did we start? So we were applying for the PhD program at the University of Texas at Austin. And we had gotten in, I think, by the time we were exchanging emails. We met for the first time, though. There was like a second visit, wasn't there? It wasn't when we moved there. Lil had everybody out. Yeah. Yes. For a second visit. And we ate at Maudie's. Yes. We had some good Mm Tex-Mex. And I remember meeting your delightful husband and thinking, yeah, I, yeah, this is somebody I would enjoy spending the next several years of my life with. Not usually the first impression people have of me, but that, that boded well for us. Yes, it did. So yes, started the PhD program. Yep. First day you took me to the AT&T center. You bought me coffee. If you say so. And I thought this is a person I can see spending <laughs> the rest of my life with. She's going to buy me coffee. It was easy. Yeah. And then, yeah, we just, you know, it's not common. So for some of our non-academic listeners out there, yeah. it's not totally common for there to be two tax PhD students. In a given cohort. In the same cohort. Yeah. A, because we're a rare species. Yes. And- B, there are fewer jobs and opportunities for tax people because we're a rare species. And so I think there could be the worry about competition or yeah. people not getting along. And I think we just had like an unspoken thing from the beginning that like, we're just going to collude and yeah, not compete friends and it's going to be better. Yeah. We spent our first a holiday break at Maudie's trying we, to replicate. No, it wasn't Maudie's. We were Mozart's. 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 Yes. On the lake. On the lake trying to replicate a paper. Yeah. Because that's what you do over winter break <laughs> in Austin when you're a PhD student. You sit with uh, two laptops at a coffee shop and try to figure out how to code things. And give variables names like depth var. <laughs> yes, we named our dependent variable depth var. Depth var. And I, I remember showing that to Lil and her. She was not no impressed. No. Um, so that's how we met and formed our tax nerd relationship. Mm-hmm. This was 2009. And- I think one of the things that's really great, and I hope it comes across on the podcast, is we have very different backgrounds. So even though we are both mm. tax nerds, we arrived here in very different ways. So why don't yes. you talk a little bit about your background and how you got attracted to tax? So I uh, have an undergraduate degree in economics. Nerd. I, uh-huh, and I did economic consulting out of college, um, mostly for litigation support. Um, and I was moving to the middle of the country for personal reasons and had to find a job that was remotely similar to what I had been doing. And the closest I could find was basically economic consulting for the accounting firms. Mm -hmm. It was the transfer pricing group within the international tax group of one of the big four accounting firms. And I didn't speak a lick of accounting Mm. because I was an economist. 
Okay. And that's, that was fine within my group, but it made it difficult to interact with, you know, the people who ran the firm and also to interact with my clients who were all accountants. So I went back to school at night and got in ultimately a master's of accounting and sat for the CPA exam while working full time. But I was never actually a practicing accountant and therein lies the greatest difference between you and me is you, you know, accounting good and I do not. Um, yes. So I majored in accounting and I got there because a professor at the University of Florida, Mark Rush, I had no idea what I was doing. I was a junior because I kind of goofed off for my first two years. And he said, you know, go and if you get an A in the intro to accounting class, just be an accountant because they make more than anybody else because this was 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Not the times they are a change in. Yeah. Um, and so, I, yeah, I took intro to accounting, got an A and was that an accounting was major. And then, you know, same semester you take tax or you take audit. And I always tell my students, you're, you have a gene. You either have the tax gene or you have the audit gene. Like I have no very few people who like both. Mm. And I did not like auditing. Mm. I liked tax. It seemed like a puzzle. It seemed like a game Mm -hmm. and you got a set of rules. And the Mm -hmm. goal was just to wind up with as much money as you could while playing by the rules. Mm -hmm. It's like Monopoly. Like Monopoly. Um, And so that's, that's my story. And I spent seven years as a practicing tax accountant. So point being, I think what's good is that we have very different perspectives on a lot of the tax topics that we talk about because you come at them from a more economics-based cost-benefit it's the intelligent framework. And I come at it from a different perspective. A more practical, real world, here's how accounting actually works perspective. Uh, so it's much like our relationship as co-authors. You are high level, theoretical, what are we doing? Big and picture. I'm and you're down in the weeds, making sure that we have the right data and aren't doing nonsense things. Yes. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good, good combination. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, one of the questions I frequently get is how we pick topics. And my response is that we don't pick the topics, the topics pick us. Oh, I love that. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Neff said, (laughs) moving on. No, I, so you know, when we started the podcast, we sat down and we thought carefully about who the audience is going to be and, kind of what our mission statement is Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. And we decided that we were going to try to take the headlines that were, that we were seeing because a lot of times, you know, the articles either weren't digging into things in enough detail, or sometimes when people do try to talk about stuff in a lot of detail, they don't get it right. Mm -hmm. Um, And we both think taxes are important and important enough that people should understand and be able to form an opinion of their own about what they're being told when it comes to tax policy and things like that. So we basically just keep our eye on the news. Yep. And whenever we see something come up, a new tax policy proposal, something crazy that a firm is in the press for doing from a tax perspective, um, those are the types of topics that we like to go after. And occasionally we get recommendations from yes. listeners or other academics elsewhere. And those are pretty useful too, um, giving us ideas of things that they would like to have covered, learn more about, maybe use in their classes. And sometimes it's um, inspired by topics that come up in our own classes. So the other question that people are very interested in is, you know, just the the logistics, the nuts and bolts. Mm -hmm. So how does one record a podcast? And I'm just going to stop talking because I don't actually do any of it. I mean, you you are involved. I I speak into the microphone. (laughs) Integrally involved. Yes. Um, So usually when we're in different locations, we were on Zoom looking at each other, but recording to our own audio equipment. Thank you, Fabio for getting us set up with better equipment. Yes, big shout out to Fabio for setting us on the right path. We sang for you. 
And then uh, obviously we would love to be in person. It, it's fun. It's exciting to be in the same location. And so a lot of times when we go to conferences together, one or both of us is lugging a whole bunch of audio equipment yes. with us. Um, and we've both gotten stopped at security yes. and, and asked about our podcast. The last time that happened to me, I got stopped and, um, you know, had to, uh, they were looking at my equipment and trying to make sure that it was okay for me to carry on. And then it almost seemed like they were testing me. It was like, what's the name of your podcast? And so I said, taxes for the masses. And then they asked for an autograph. Um, no, immediately asked for tax advice. <laughs> No. <laughs> All right. So how about we do a little bit more Q and A okay. directly about the podcast? I like it. So less of a history lesson, which I think that first segment was and mm -hmm. more of a what's happening right now. Okay. Okay. Favorite episode. I mean, I still like the globe because it was the first one that we, we did together. That's right. And it was out at the lake in, in Austin. You can hear the insects. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a really good one. I think my favorite is the Disney and DeSantis episode. We were also together. Yeah. We were in Norway. Oh yeah. Um, I felt like we just, there were lots of good jokes. You did a Mitch McConnell impersonation. Oh, I forgot about that. It was, it was quality and it was about Disney. Yeah. One of your favorite topics. One of my favorite things. So yeah. that- that's definitely, that was definitely one of my faves. Um, our most listened to episode, do you know off I, the top of your head? I do, I do. And um, do you want to guess what it is? Oh, I know. Oh, you know. Okay. So for our listeners, it is our one on executive stock options. And do you know what the second most listened to one is? Is it the Globe? No, no it's zero, zero tax, zero tax firms. firms. Yeah. Yeah. Those are two good topics. I think I think they're the most listened to because they're of interest, not just to tax people, but also to people who just generally want to understand how companies work and how companies could not pay any tax. Like yep. if you're coming at it from more of a financial statement analysis or investor perspective, like they're pretty useful episodes. It makes me sad because those are both in the, what should we call it? Um, we'll call it the BF before Fabio days yes. where we still did not have the best audio quality, but they're still worth, I listen, if you haven't listened to those episodes, those are, those are pretty good ones. Yeah. Most unexpected part of doing a podcast. The fame. Yeah. The you money. know, I, I didn't want to brag. Um, <laughs> but in all honesty, when you and I started this true story, we did a little over under on how many listeners we were going to have. And I set the number at a solid 20. Mm -hmm. And, and the parameters were, it was going to have to be 20 people who were not related to us. Oh Yeah. And I really wasn't sure we were going to get there. Mm -hmm. And we did. Quickly. So I have been, it is, it has been unexpected to me how, how many people listen and not just tax people. We get lots yeah. of not tax professors listening to the podcast. I'll second that. I think the most unexpected part is, is non-tax people listening. And it's awesome because that, that was our goal, yes. right? Like this is supposed to be for people who don't necessarily have a tax background. We like to make the material really accessible. And so it's been awesome to hear that seems to be working. My other most unexpected thing about doing a podcast is how much technology I had to yes. learn. Um, because I don't know if you know this, dear listeners, but um, we we do this. We do, there's no outsourcing here. There's no. there's nobody on the back end. There's no back office. No, it's it it's us. And so that high production quality you hear every episode. This is why. <laughs> and and that's not us. That is Lisa. So we are we are the co-hosts, creators. 
Um, and then Lisa is our VP of production and I am our VP of social media. Yes. Sticking to our strengths. Yes. Worst tax policy Ooh. we've ever talked about. What to choose. Oh my gosh. So many options. Seriously. I mean, the, the Inflation Reduction Act had like a whole basket full of crappy policies, I want to say. It, it, yes. It, it had stuff that was included that shouldn't have been and it had stuff that wasn't included yes, that should yes, have been, right? Yes. Like no extended child, no, you know, permanent extension of the child tax credit. How about getting rid of the carried interest loophole? Yes, 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 like, yes. No. And I'm, the stock buyback tax. Don't like it. She basically just almost threw up in her mouth. I did. Um, <laughs> Trying to spare you from that sound effect. The minimum book tax for corporations. Yeah. I mean, there's so much not to like about the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, yeah, there's a lot not to like about it. Yeah. So I think I think that's going to get I think that's going to get my award for worst tax policy. I mean, to be fair, had we been doing this podcast for more than uh, two years, it, we would have covered the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, and there's a lot not to like about that as well. Okay, so what don't you like about the good old TCJA? Uh, the territorial tax system for multinationals. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. that. creates even more perverse incentives. Yeah, that's not, that's not great. And then has these fixes, to, quote unquote fixes, fixes and quoting marks. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, also don't like the salt deduction limit. Okay. Yeah, they're both. Maybe it's just all tax policy. And, and oh, and by the way, real estate gets to keep all of its tax preferences for no apparent reason whatsoever. Yeah, we don't. It wasn't great. We don't do a great job in this country. Okay, on to better things. Oh, okay, here we yeah. go. A tax policy. So we've just said that our current politicians not doing the best. No. And and again, another objective we have is to try to be Fair. balanced. And balanced. so we did just poop all over a Republican and a Democratic Look at us. Tax policy pooping on everything. We are equal opportunity poopers. Absolutely. Um, so what's a tax policy that you would like to see enacted or changed in the future? I'd like to see carried interest taxed as ordinary compensation. Okay. We got to do an episode on carried interest. We do. In order for anybody to understand what I just said. Including me. Okay. Um, I would like to see, we've done episodes on the um, earned income tax credit, the work opportunity yeah. tax credit. Uh, the child tax credit. Yeah. These programs that are really supposed to do one of the things that tax policy is supposed to do, potentially redistribute wealth, mm -hmm. um, you know, incentivize behavior that's going to benefit society. I would like to see a little bit more attention to those types of policies. I feel like right now we're in this place where all we can think about is cracking down on tax avoidance of, you know, big wealthy individuals and big corporations and I agree that that's great and and yes, but I feel like we're kind of neglecting the other 99% of mm -hmm. the population and mm -hmm. not thinking about how we could make tax policy work better for them. I would like to see the United States adopt the global minimum tax. Oh. Because if US multinationals are gonna be taxed at at least 15% in every jurisdiction, the US might as well be the country collecting the tax. Would you like to assign a probability to that happening? No, I would not. Okay. <laughs> As is your right. Negative, Ghost Rider. Pattern is full. <laughs> All right. Favorite thing about podcasting? Seeing you, talking to you, laughing with you. I agree. Someone asked me the other day why I was going to a particular conference um, that I was going to go to. And I said, well, it's really just an excuse for me and Lisa <laughs> to podcast. So, no, I agree because um, we do have papers together. We work together yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. But- that can be all done via email. 
mostly, yeah. mostly, yeah. you know, you don't need to always hop on zoom. And when you do, you're usually talking about, you know, research or an annoying review report or something. And it, it's not always fun. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I enjoy getting to see you on a regular basis and have fun and do really cool things like get to go to the university of Iowa which we did last year to do a presentation to a whole room full of totally disinterested (laughs) college students. Um, I will add to that, that it is fun and exciting to have a reason to keep on top of these issues. Yes. And it's, I mean, it's, it's purely self-serving that we get to educate ourselves and then tell other people about what we've learned about these topics, but it's helped me in the classroom. It's helped me at the dinner table, uh, cocktail party, you know, I, I am full of information that I can share with people at a cocktail party. None of them want to listen no, to it, but, but uh, you know. It, it is true. I feel like I just have more of a grasp. And so mission accomplished, right? We're going full circle. That's what we started. Yeah. We wanted to get our arms around what was happening, yeah. have opinions about it, be educated yeah. and knowledgeable about it, be able to share it with other people. And I feel like we've really done that. High five. High five. Biggest lesson learned from doing the podcast? I don't know that it's a new, like, does it have to be something I didn't know or could it be confirmation of something I already know? I think confirmation bias is right out in your wheelhouse. So go ahead. I suck at technology. (laughs) Yes, yes, it's true. (laughs) The number of times I have walked her through remotely trying to set up her equipment and so that it recorded just her and not also me, but then she could still hear me. I mean, it is easily 20 minutes at the beginning of every time we try to meet. So, so true story. Let me set the stage. We are together tonight. We are in Michigan. We set up the, we're trying to set up the the equipment and it's not working. And Lisa's talking to me like I'm going to be helpful. And at one point she very politely goes, is any of this, is any of this registering with you? Are you, are you tracking any of this? And the answer is no. Well, it explains a lot actually, because so for the first time that we've traveled together, you're the one who brought the soundboard and normally I'm the one who does. And I could never figure out why it was so hard to get her equipment on her end to set up the right way so that it just recorded her. And turns out we had to update the firmware, which we've done tonight. And so I have hope. I have hope for the future that another 20 minutes of setting up your end next time we're doing this remotely and it might actually work correctly. And as soon as we're done here, you can explain to me what firmware is. Okay. Okay. Last question. Best question. Yeah. Favorite golden girl? Uh, Betty White. Yes, Betty White. Let me ask a different question. Okay. Which golden girl are you? Blanche. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Which golden girl are you? Oh, Dorothy. Yeah. Clearly. Yes. Yes. Let's take it out as we always do with the good, the bad, and the ugly. So first question, Mm -hmm. how did we come up with the good, the bad, and the ugly to end every episode? You know, I, I don't totally remember. Just the first episode we ever did, which was talking about the Biden's tax plan. I forgot what it was even called. Build back better. Thank you. The BBB. And, you know, we basically out the first part of the episode was outlining all the policy Mm -hmm. Um, proposals. And so it just, I don't know, it seemed kind of natural to talk uh, about the pros and cons. I started with the good and the bad. And then (laughs) I think what happened is as we were sketching out the good and the bad, the bad became the bad and the worse. Yeah. Because you're stormy bear Uh and have a bleak view on life. Yes. 
Uh, and so you were enumerating all the bad, bad, even war bad, yes. whatever. And so, yeah. And then that's when I recalled the spaghetti Western, yep. the good, bad, and the ugly. But it has stuck. And several people have told me that it's their favorite part of the oh, okay. podcast. You don't think it's too negative? Well, I mean, you're asking the wrong person <laughs> because that phrase doesn't mean anything to me. Um, no, I mean, I think I think what we're really trying to do is be critical because this yeah. is important stuff and you can't just kind of half-ass it when you're trying to decide if it's, um, you know, good policy or bad policy or whatever. So I think we try to be critical. I think we're appropriately critical. And the fact that I'm able to come up with anything good ever is a miracle, quite frankly. It is. And I like that we included the good because, um, so as academics, we're trained basically to crap on everything yes. all the time and come up with the bad and never have to actually come up with solutions. Mm -hmm. We just get to say, we don't like this. Yes. And so I like that we try to start out with the good, mm -hmm. even, even when it's something that we personally very much disagree with, you know, we can always find that, well, at least they're talking about this. Yeah. At least they're thinking about creative ways of tackling an important problem. We hate the solution yeah. that they came up with, but right. And so I like that we, we try to do the good. Okay. So here, good, bad, ugly of the podcast, good, Mm -hmm. getting to be with you on a regular basis, yeah. getting to keep up on tax topics, learn things, yeah. learn things bad about the podcast, technology, technology. It's time consuming. Yeah. How much time do you think it takes? Well, I've got, that's a good one too. I've gotten that question. How long does it take start mm -hmm. to finish? We come up with an outline of what we're going to talk about yep. because we want to make sure that we're being accurate. And so we don't want to go off the cuff. Right. Um, so usually one of us will, you know, kind of quote unquote draft what we want to say that usually takes, that can go very quickly if we're talking about something that we're both really familiar with. Right. Can take a little bit longer if we're yep. starting from scratch on something. Um, the 501c4 episode that we did, mm -hmm. that took a little bit of digging because there was some scandal and some things that, mm. um, you know, we needed to learn about to do that episode, but like the zero tax firms, that was a easy peasy because you and I do that stuff all the time, but that can take a couple hours, I think. Yeah. And then the recording is usually 30, 45 minutes. And then I, I don't mm. even want to know. I don't even want to know how much the time you spend. Post-production post uh, can range anywhere from, if, we, if we've done a really good job with an episode, an hour to get the episode out and then, you know, another 15 to 30 minutes to do some uh, marketing for it, marketing materials um, to in the beginning, it was five hours for I'm so, I'm an sorry. episode. It was a lot. And it was, I mean, it was user error. <laughs> it was a learning curve. It was, there was a, yes, there was a learning curve. There was user error. Um, but yeah. So probably five hours. Yeah. Start per episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the bad is that, you know, it is time consuming. It's, um, we both teach in the fall. And so we have, we find ourselves yes. trying to front load episodes, you know, over the summertime so that we have everything all in the can. Is that the, is that the fancy? I believe so. In the can. Um, so that we can get them ready to go. And I'd also say a bad thing is there's, there's so much stuff about taxes in the news these days was not the case 10 years ago. I don't yeah, feel like there were true. so many articles and so many things happening. True. The IRS is under scrutiny all the time. Congress is fighting with the IRS. The Republicans, the Democrats are always wanting to undo the latest tax law that the other one came up with. So mm -hmm. there's so many things that, you know, it's kind of sad that we don't get to cover them all. Ugly. Show me the money. You know, I don't think Stormy Bear has anything bad to say here. Well, 
tax nerd Lisa would like would like some money from this endeavor. So I'm gonna go with uh, okay. show me the money. Yeah, show me the money. Cafe Press. Yeah. So we start. You know, we did our little storefront as an April Fool's joke, and we actually mm. got some people to buy stuff. Those people were mostly related to us. And Brian Williams, yes, who is my basically related, who to is you. my brother from another mother. But unless you sell a certain amount of stuff, they won't give you your money. Yeah, show me the money. I want my thirty-seven dollars. Cafe Press. Yes. Okay. www.cafepress.com slash taxes for the masses. Lisa even put a button for it on our website. So go to taxes dash for dash the dash masses.com. We've got a, a shop button. You can you can buy a coffee mug with our logo on it. Or a t-shirt. Okay. So speaking of show me the money, what is next? What is, what is in the next 50 episodes for taxes for the masses? What's our next frontier that we're going to conquer here? Well, at some point we're going to write a book. I would love that. And uh, I think we need to do a tour. I think we need yeah. to T Swift style yeah. stadium tour. Yes. Yes. A speaker tour. Absolutely. Yeah. Where we get paid. Selling, selling out arenas all around the globe. Yeah. All right. To the next 50. To the next 50. 100 or bust. Well, that's all we have time for today. Be sure to join us for more tax nerdery on future episodes of Taxes for the Masses.